Take good care of them, Joyce. Hope that candy bar makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything I'm forgetting, babe? Okay. Father, thank you for your word. You've exalted your word above your name. Your word is truth, and Lord, I'm going to preach it just like it's true. Because it is true, Lord, it's truth. Open our eyes and hearts and minds to your word to us today. Thank you, Lord. I bless you. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation going out and going in, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Who has your Bible today? If you have a Bible with you, stick it in the air. I don't mean one of those phone Bibles. That's, that's, that counts. I do that sometimes too. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. If you don't have a Bible, who, who doesn't have a Bible because you don't own a Bible? I got Bibles at home I can give away. I do. I got them. I got plenty of Bibles. Bring your Bibles because we're going to be studying the Word here the next few weeks. We always do. A lot of times I quote Scripture, a lot of Scripture, but I want to kind of dig into it. And I got some things we're going to talk about. Uh, Ken Kulikowski, they were in California. I think they're coming back today. Uh, he's going to start a class in Sunday school on the authority of the believer. And I'm going to teach on it a little bit as a prep uh, in coming weeks. But I want you to get your Bibles because you have to know what the Bible says. Amen? Look, there are so many people that preach so many things, right? And at the end of the day, you need to study your Bible. I am not afraid for you to study your Bible. I want you to study your Bible. Even better, obey it. When you study it, do what it says. Amen? And I heard uh, teaching this week, and I listened to preachers, uh, you know, here and there, and it's so amazing because, and I've talked about this before, but I've had amazing, like the guy you were listening to this morning, an amazing, awesome preacher and he might teach something, and normally it's not radically different, but there are definitely differences out there. And I always say, Lord, who do I believe? Guess what the Lord always tells me? He says, what does my word say? Now, of course, we have to, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved, rightly divide the word, so we're all responsible to study the Bible. Amen? And you should be. Because even though I listen to other preachers, I want to go to a conference. Uh, I want to, if, if things work out in Pennsylvania, I love that. Most of the revelation I've ever got in my life, I got praying and reading the Bible. And it's not that I don't listen to great preachers and receive, I do. I read some of the people you like, I like, some I may not as much. But the Bible is our plumb line, the Word of God. And I'm going to go a step further than saying that, which it is a plumb line. Not only is it the plumb line, but how you receive and open your heart and what you do with the Bible has everything to do with your success as a Christian. And I don't mean uh, like uh, success in this world, like, you know, make $100,000 and own three houses and own a yacht or have a, what, whatever people think, being a professional athlete, whatever people think success is, but I mean success in God's eyes to succeed as a Christian. How many of you really want to see revival? 
You're praying for it. You really want it. How many of you would like to win people to Jesus? Maybe you say, I'm not that gifted, but I would love to lead people to Jesus. Amen? How many of you like to help people? Maybe people, kids that are hungry, like to be effective helping people. How many want to be bold, walk up and talk to people, lay hands on sick people and see them get better? Who wants to be a blessing? Who wants to promote the kingdom? Well, you have an enemy out there. You do. How many know you got an enemy? You do. If you're not doing much, he may leave you alone for a while, but he'll eventually he'll come after you whether you're doing much or not. You just name the name of Jesus. Sooner or later, your enemy, the enemy of your soul, is going to attack you. His whole job, and I'm not giving him credit or glory or anything, but his whole job is to stop you from bearing fruit. He wants to offend you. He wants to stop you. He wants to tangle you up in blue. He wants to knock you back when you move forward. But God has provided a way for us to have victory in Jesus. You know, victory is in the Bible many, many times. Many, many times about walking in victory. And I know you, like me, I know everybody, there's no one in this church that doesn't want to walk in victory. I love that song you guys sing. Uh, you, I don't think you sang it today, but uh, we're going to get the victory. Amen? Sang it last time, yeah. Amen. We're going to get the victory. And there is an infallible way to get victory with God. Infallible, foolproof. Didn't say you wouldn't have trials, temptations, kickback, setbacks, things happen to you. They happen to Paul, amen? Happened to Peter, things happen. But you can't keep a good man down or a good woman down if you are standing in Jesus. You just can't. If you refuse to give up, you're going to win. One way or the other in God. And if God ever makes a promise to you, or if you ever grab the promises of God and stand on them, and you refuse to buckle, bend, or bow, you're going to win. I'm determined to win. I haven't made a great success of my life like some folks have, maybe in some people's eyes, but I am determined in God to be a success. Saw this um, meme this week. At, uh, there was a girl and a boy dating, and the one boy texted to the girl, what's your goals? And she texted back, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Who else wants to hear that? Man, I do. I don't want the Lord to look at me and just shake his head. You know, oh, come on in, Brad. And I want to bring my sheaves with me. How about you? That's an old song, bringing in the sheaves. I want to bring the sheaves in. I want to go before the Lord and have my kids with me. I got some prayers for our children. I've been praying them. Norval Hayes prayed his daughter out of hell and into heaven. I, I got some uh, prayers from him for kids. I've been praying them for my kids. And I tell you what, I wanted to print those out. We had a lot going. Maybe I'll print them out next week. But I love, I will. I'm just praying those prayers. Charlie, I am believing God. And I am not leaving earth without my children. My children are going to serve God, they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're going to shout the glory. Amen? My kids, my household are going to serve the Lord in Jesus' name, and I'm not giving the devil a choice. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm not letting go. I am believing God. How about you? Don't let those kids go to hell, even if you are mad at them. Don't let them go to hell. No one has more authority in the life of your child than you do. Nobody. 
and their husband or wife can pray for them. But parents, and I am praying for my kids, and I got some great prayers that you can pray for your kids. Not only that, folks, I just want to believe God at every opportunity, and the way we find out how to believe God is right here in the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says what? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Everything that you're ever going to receive from God, Mikey, your righteousness came by faith, or it didn't come at all. Everything you're ever going to have from God, it's by God's grace, and it's because you have faith in His Word and faith in Him to grab a hold of it. And you are made to believe. When you were born again, the Word of God says that God gave you the measure of faith. How many know that? So you can no longer say, I don't have any faith. Not if you're a believer, because when you got saved, it took faith for you to get saved. Amen? How many got saved without faith? Nobody, right? It takes faith to be saved. That's how you get in the kingdom. The way that you get into the kingdom is the way that you walk in this kingdom. I'll take you back to Matthew 15, but go over to Romans chapter 1. Guys, write this stuff down. Write these scriptures down. I really want to teach. I am naturally bent to preach. That's my bent, and I may let loose, but I, I, really, I, I really feel led to teach. I want to go over these things. Don't miss it. Write these things down. Paul said in verse 16 of chapter 1 of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, and I'm going to read 16 and 17, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the good news about Jesus or the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. That's why, Gid, I've been talking about the heart so much, about getting your heart right with God. I don't just mean your spirit. You do believe out of your spirit. When I, when I think of heart, I think as Cartier, I think of you got your mind, will, and emotions. We'll call that your soul, your thinking, your mind. Then you got your spirit that's born again. For me, the heart is the decider. You're going to follow your spirit and the Word of God, or you're going to follow your mind going a different direction. Or maybe your mind's renewed and your mind and spirit, you're in agreement. You know what double-mindedness is for the Christian? The Bible says don't be double-minded. It really literally means, in the Greek, it means two souls. You have two different minds. The Bible talks about, in Romans 8, talks about the mind of the spirit, your spiritual mind, and the mind of the flesh. You have always, you got choices to make, and you have two minds that you can choose from. You can choose the mind of your flesh, put your mind on the flesh, or you can put your mind on the spirit. It's up to you where you put your mind. But you can renew your mind, so you're walking in the Spirit, your mind's renewed, you know what God says, you know what the Word says, and you're walking after the Spirit and walking according to the Word, and the way we do that is by faith, and faith is a matter of your heart. And that's why I'm going after your heart over and over and over again. Your heart is the believer, where you're believing. I got a lot of things I want to teach, and I want to get this established for me, it is the Spirit that bears witness. It's the Spirit of God 
and it is the Word of God. What I believe about sexuality, I don't want to get into it, I talk about it too much, but what I believe about a sexuality, a one man and one woman, why do I believe that? Culture changes, every generation changes about what they think is right and wrong. But the Word of God tells you, in the beginning, God created male and female. Right? I'm not going to make any jokes about it. It's male and female. A man leaves his mom and dad, and he joins to his wife. Why do I believe what I believe about sexuality? Because of the Word of God. And I'm not budging, and I'm not bending. And I'm not changing, because the Word of God is clear on it. I don't have to be confused. We get, I have a friend right now. The just shall live by faith, Mike. Make sure I get back there. I have a friend sending me stuff on Gnosticism and, and Freemasonry and uh, what do you think about this? And what I said, I've been down that road. It's empty. I've studied Gnosticism. I've studied philosophy. I've been down that road. It's empty. The only thing that ever brought me joy, the only thing that ever satisfied my heart was Jesus and getting full of the Holy Ghost or for some of you NIV people, the Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to fill me. And the only thing really in this life, I, I love my life with Pam. I love our eight cats. We have a great time together. Um, yeah, we have eight cats. They all were forced on us. We did, not, we did not go after one. They all found us. Right, Pam? I love my life with Pam. We have a good time. But the only thing that really deeply, deeply, other than my, my life with my wife, deeply satisfies me is knowing I'm doing the will of God. You know, I'm getting, and I know you're this way too, some of you, most of you, but I'm getting, I understand Paul, you could throw me in prison and I know I could be happy if I had Jesus. I mean it. You put me in a little jail. If I had the Lord, I've watched uh, Mikey, the Count of Monte Cristo. Did you watch that? You ever watch that? Uh, James Clavell was in it, and Richard Harris, really good. He gets thrown into prison. He loses his faith in God. You may see it's a good movie. It really is a good movie. You can watch it. Gideon, I approve it. You can watch it. He has high standards. Good, good man, has high standards. But it's a really good movie, but this guy gets thrown in prison, and he goes through this battle, and, you know, but there was a priest in jail with him. His priest, ne this priest never lost his hope. Never lost his mission, never lost his joy, and he never lost the desire to be free. And he taught the other character, the Count of Monte Cristo, to be the same way. He was teaching him that. I am convinced that you can be in jail and like Paul and you can be filled with joy. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are in life. If you've got Jesus in your life and you're in his will, you can truly have amazing joy at any time. But you can have the lap of luxury have all the possessions that you, you want. You can have the prettiest girl or the most handsome guy, whatever, and be miserable because joy and misery come from the heart. It comes from the heart. I was talking to the Lord this morning, walking my floor, talking to Jesus, and I meant it. I said, Jesus, man, if I have you, I have joy. I'm getting Scott, where I'm just like, I, I, I believe God for things. I, you know, guys, me and I pray for tennis shoes and I get them and God's good to me that way. But, I, but you know what? I'm getting where I understand Paul more and more that really is, when, when you have Jesus, you have everything. Because when you have the Lord and you're living in Him, hey, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love and faithfulness. Man, if you have the Lord and He's flowing in your life, 
really anything external is just a blessing. If you're really walking in God, I'm not against things one bit. I, I got to eat like I, I like to have a nice home. I like things. But I'm saying your joy does not come from things. Does it? It really doesn't because things can be taken away from you. Right? Your joy, if it comes from God, is permanent, it's eternal, and it's an eternal treasure. So because of that, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the good news about salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. I could, man, I, I could talk about revelation, knowledge. I don't have time. I'll get far afield. But the, the righteousness of God is revealed. Remember when Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. God's a revealing God. If your heart is pure toward God and you're moving toward God and you're open, the Lord will reveal all kinds of things to you. He will. You seek the Lord, he'll reveal stuff. He'll tell you stuff about your kids. I prayed one morning, and that's true, true, it just happened. I prayed one morning. I said, Lord, I'm not sure I'm praying for my kids right. Would you help me? And the next day, that teaching from Brother Norval was dropped on me about how to pray for your kids. That was an answer to prayer immediately. Bop, boom. He said, pray for your kids this way. I said, thank you, Lord. I believe I will. The just shall live by faith. It is a revelation, knowledge, gospel. God reveals it to you. I, I asked someone recently about, you know, revelation, knowledge. I said, you know, why do you believe the gospel? I think it was, Adam, I think it was you, Tuesday night. Why do you believe the gospel? One minute you didn't believe it. Some, sometimes, before you believe, how many ever heard the gospel and just rejected it, didn't believe it, dismissed it? Just said, I, no, nah, I don't believe it, or just rejected it. You don't even know Why? And all of a sudden, one day, the gospel's being preached about Jesus Christ, and it's, your eyes are opened, and you, something inside of you is revealed. And it's like, man, he's real. That's you. And, and, and honestly, it's happened to all of us. I've told my story many times, how I'm out in that crowd, and my heart's pounding, and God's saying, I'm real, Brad. And I'm like, I had, a, I had a chance to deny it and say he's not real, walk away, or I could acknowledge that God was speaking to me, and he was speaking to me, and he changed my life. God is a revealing God, and, and he reveals things by faith, but when God moves to you, God's a faith God, he has faith, the Holy Spirit's full of faith. When we get close to God, when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're snuggling with the Lord, when we want to know God, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, God will reveal the scriptures to you. God will reveal things to you. He'll talk to you. He'll wake you up at night and speak to you. He'll talk to you in the shower. He'll talk to you when you get up in the morning. He'll talk to you all the time about things in your life. You know, the Word says, if anybody asks for wisdom from God, in faith, he said, it's impossible for God not to give you wisdom. He generously gives it to you. All you got to do is ask and say, God, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do. I seem like I pray that all the time. God's not a liar. He will give you wisdom. I cannot, but I tell Pam, I cannot believe how fast God, when I pray about wisdom, 
Charlie, just how fast God, boom, drops it on me. All the time, just boom, oh, okay, that's what I need to do. Just drops it on me. Say, thank you, Lord. It makes me want to cry. I want to get on my face and worship Him. I'm so grateful that He's so generous to give wisdom. But this whole thing works by faith. You know, I say a lot, God talked to me or God showed me, and He does, and He did, but it's by faith. And it comes out of a relationship with God in the Spirit and in His Word. Because the just shall live by faith. As believers in Jesus, I want to teach us, as, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor here. I teach most of the time, not every time. I want to teach you how to believe God. If there is a promise in the Word of God, and it belongs to you because you're a believer, and you see it in there, and you know it's for you, and you pray about it, God will hear your prayer, and He will answer you. The Bible says it. I preached the message on God answering our prayers. I gave you know, 20, 30 scriptures on it. I'm not going to go back and prove it again. It says if you ask anything... In his name, he'll do it. You get a chapter and verse on something, and you believe God, and the reason I'm establishing this plumb line, this, this, this thing by faith, if you stand on the word and you believe God, it's impossible for God to lie. He will do what he said that he said he would do. Amen? It's impossible that he, he, he wouldn't. But we have to learn to walk by faith. We don't walk by our feelings. We don't walk by sight. When you put your anchor down, when you find that scripture, or when God speaks to you and you drop that anchor, you no longer live. I believe God for things, and the next day, everything was the opposite of what I was believing. Everything. So, Lord, I'm believing you for this, and the next day, everything was the opposite. And I said, Lord, how did that happen? Well, Nothing changed. It just proves that you have an enemy. He's trying to rob you and steal from you and take from you. Flip over to Psalms 119.89. Here's my, here's my desire, Jeff. Here's what I want to do today. I want us to see where faith comes from. I want you to see how faith grows. And I want you to see how you can walk in faith. Where does faith come from? Well, we already know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Psalms 119, 89. If we don't have an anchor, if we don't have an anchor in our faith, in our belief, we will believe stuff all over the board, right? When the culture puts all this weight on what they're teaching, you'll just, you'll fold and you'll go with the culture every time if you don't have a plumb line of what truth is. If you don't have an anchor, a plumb line, something you're basing your life on, when you pray and believe and it doesn't go the way you think it should in the time you think it should, you'll change your doctrine, you'll change your belief based on your circumstances, based on what's going on in your life, rather than sticking true to the Word of God and saying, I am going to believe the Word of God. You will fold, as I like to say, like a cheap lawn chair. 
You have to have something that you're building your life on. For me, I'm, I'm decided. I, I'm decided. Pam, are you decided? I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to believe the Word of God. I've got a preacher preaching this. I've got a preacher. I said, Lord, what does your Word say? And, of course, we have to rightly divide it and understand it. All right, Psalms 119 and verse 89 And you could go through this whole psalm because it's about the word. Just read the whole thing. It's, it's a juicy. It really is. It's like Psalms 119 is like a ribeye at Texas Roadhouse, medium rare with cinnamon uh, biscuits, with that cinnamon butter, right? A little sweet potato with the cinnamon butter with it. Oh, my goodness. It's just like that when you're cutting into it in the morning reading it. It's like, oh, this is good. This is so good, Jesus. It's digestible. Psalms 119. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Joe, it's settled. God says, I'm the Lord. I, I'm not going to change my mind. I said it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to lie. Now, if it is settled on heaven, who settles it on earth? You do. You do. Got a witness in heaven, you got a witness on the earth. You could say a little different maybe angle, but if two people agree, God's agreeing in heaven, you're agreeing on earth. God's already settled it. How can a young man cleanse his way? By walking according to the word. Psalms 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I learned it in vacation Bible school as a little kid. I drew little pictures of light, lights and paths and feet. Didn't you do that in vacation Bible school? Thy word, not Pastor Brad's opinion, not Brother so-and-so's opinion, not Sister Della's opinion, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Charlie, I'd rather die believing God than live in unbelief. And you read through there, verse 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Just read that Psalms 119, it's loaded. Now flip back over to Matthew 7. Talking about vacation Bible school, you'll remember this too. Okay, my goal again is I want you to know the solidity of your standing with God. I want you to know what you put your faith in and what you believe. And I, I want you to know when you leave today, if you never come back, at least you'll know that you can put your faith in the Word of God. How many of you felt righteous every day and every hour this week? You just felt righteous all week long. You just felt righteous. You woke up, Adam, you said you've struggled. You just felt righteous all day long. Anybody? Never felt like you weren't righteous, just skipping and hopping, I'm righteous. We should. We are in Christ. According to the word of God, because you are righteous by faith in Jesus, you've been made the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21, uh, 
Romans 5.17 says, you've been made righteous. It's a gift of You didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. You were given righteousness. And so if you didn't earn it, you're not going to do a thousand things to keep it. Now, we believe in good works. I'm not going to go there right now. You are righteous by faith. The best way to produce the fruits of righteousness is when you don't feel righteous. Joe, you don't wake up in a good mood. You, you didn't get your three cups of coffee. You, didn't, you just don't feel good. In the face of feeling good or bad, when you don't even feel like it, declare the, the truth of the Word of God, even if you don't feel like it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have been given the gift of right. Don't waste a good gift like righteousness. Now, I, I don't believe in living in sin. and I, The way that you don't live in sin, here's how you don't live in sin. Where you're perpetually, habitually sinning. Where, where sin will not have dominion over you, Romans 6, 14, because I'm not under law, I'm under grace. Take the grace of God and stand in it. Stand in it. It'll produce fruit in your life. Romans 6, 14, sin shall not have dominion over me. Someone say that besides me. Say it. Say it's in the word of God. Sin shall not rule over me. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I preached with a guy one time with my friends, and uh, I was down at Germany. Uh, Ger- he, he wouldn't pray. Um, I think he'd been drinking, and I was with my buddies. And they always remind me of this. I'm trying to get him to say the sinner's prayer, and he was m- mumbling. And I said, say it, <laughs> say it. He, he wouldn't say it. <laughs> I was like, say it, say it. Remember that, Pam? It was that, uh, well, never mind, praise the Lord. <laughs> say it. I wanted him to say, Jesus is Lord. Say it. Anyway. You want to produce the fruit of righteousness? You stand up. Your feelings aren't true. You love your wife? I'm not, well, I'm not picking on you, Adam. I know you love your wife. You always feel it. You're still a honeymooner. I know. You do love your wife. Yeah, do you love your wife, Gid? Do you always feel it? But you do love her. You do love her. You made a decision to love her. You always believe you love her, even when you don't feel like you do. Amen? It's a decision you make. I love my... Well, you stand up in the face of your feelings and everything that the enemy is... Maybe you even sinned. God forbid, but maybe you sinned. You believe in the blood of Jesus, don't you? We don't sin willfully. Who wants to sin? We're the righteousness of God. We don't want to sin. We don't want to. If we do, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to sin. Who wants to sin? That's crazy. We don't want to, we're believers. We're righteous. We don't want to sin. When we do, Lord, cleanse me in the blood. Forgive me. You know what he'll do? He'll cleanse you in the blood and forgive you. He won't think, you'll think about it maybe, but he won't think about it anymore. You'll be talking about it to your friends the next week, and God will be saying, what are they talking about? I forgave them of that. I'm not talking about willfully sinning and, you know, going off on a... I'm talking about we love Jesus. You're in church, you love Jesus. Someone say amen. Amen. But you stand up and you declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And here's what happens according to our dear brother Paul. It begins to bear fruit in your life. Why? Because it's faith. Faith bears fruit. The faith, it'll start bearing fruit in your life. You'll start changing. And don't be surprised if God starts working that change in your life. You declare, I'm righteous. I don't always feel like it, but I am the righteousness of God. God lives in me. The Lord will start working that righteousness in you, and you'll start bearing fruit. Love will come out of you. You might get squished not to love, but love will start coming out in you. Joy will start coming out. What? When? 
when you believe the gospel, because the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed by faith. If you are out there today and you're trying to work for it and earn it, you're doing it totally wrong because the just shall live by That scripture is from Habakkuk chapter 2, I believe verse 4. It's quoted three times in the New Testament. Who knows where it's at besides Romans 1.17? Anybody? It's in Galatians and it's in Hebrews, right? Paul's making this point four different times. The just shall live by faith. The way you get into this Christian life is the way you walk in it. We think if I try harder, work harder, prove to God that I'm actually really good, I'm really, really good, actually God, you know, every time we do that, we, we just stumble and fail because your conscience is going to bother you. You're going to start walking in condemnation when things don't go right, and the devil is going to play ping pong with you because your righteousness is too flimsy. It's too weak. It won't get the job done. You have to stand in the blood of Jesus Christ and the righteousness of God and stand on it. And that's where your authority is. And Mike, it'll change you. That's what transforms you. It's not trying harder. It's believing. Hey, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without, why? Because you're righteous by faith. You put your anchor down. And folks, everything in the kingdom really righteousness is the master key honestly it's the master key it's what opens the door seek ye first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness it's the master key honestly because everything comes through righteousness you're transformed because the spirit of god is in you and when you believe the gospel the spirit sets to changing you when you say well i think i can do this on my own i'll just be a good christian you ain't gonna get very far it's faith it's believing. Flip over to Colossians chapter 2. Flip over, no, chapter 1. Chapter 1. Doesn't the Bible talk about the fruit of the spirit? The works of the flex, flesh are works. Fruit is spirit. You bear fruit. You work in the flesh. Woo! Take that one. Chew on that one. Chapter 1, I said 2, then I, I changed my mind. I just want to establish what I'm saying. I, I'm teaching, right? I'm not just preaching. Oh, I could have preached. I, I, I'm teaching. Colossians chapter 1, I'll just start with verse 4. Uh, uh, Since we heard of your what, your what in Christ? Faith. We heard about your faith. Who you trust in? Who you believe in? Who you rely on? Buddha? You kidding me? Buddha didn't die for you. Buddha ain't changing you. You kidding me? Buddha? Buddha? Buddha don't live inside you. Not even the Buddha within. He don't live inside you. He, he didn't die for you. He didn't raise from the dead. I mean, he said some smart things, I suppose. He's a few things you read are wise. I don't dislike Buddha. He didn't save you. He can't change you. And he can't keep you from hell. Jesus only. No other way, Jesus. No philosophy will get you to heaven. No amount of works will get you to heaven or change you. Muhammad can't. He didn't die for you. Amen? 
I'm not mad at anybody, but those ideas will send people to hell because you can't get saved by Muhammad or Buddha or Joe Smith. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of what? Truth. The truth in the gospel, which has come unto you as it is in all the world. And what does it do? Brings forth fruit. Flip over to Philippians. God's electric power company. Chapter 1. If you don't know where it's at, God's electric power company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Or good kids eat ice cream. I think that, isn't that the other one? Something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's not right. God's electric power company. Philippians chapter 1. Woo! This is good. Are you guys with me? Occasional hallelujah or amen helps me. There we go. Thank you. That really helps. I don't don't want to work alone. All right. Um, Philippians 1, 11. Someone who's bold, stand up and read it out loud. Good. Someone else stand up and read it louder. Jane, go ahead and stand up. Read it louder. Go ahead. Amen. King James, King James says, which, uh, what was your translation? NIV, King James, New Living. Okay. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are how and who by? The, the fruits of what? How are you righteous? Or not at all. Or not at all. And the way that you begin is the way you proceed. God is a faith God. He's a love God. What does faith work by? Flip over to Ephesians chapter 5. Or excuse me, Galatians chapter 5. God's electric power company. Go back two books. Woo, glory. Galatians chapter 5. You could read so much. Read verse 5 and 6. 6 is my money verse. But go ahead and read verses 5 and 6. Someone read it. Stand up and read it loud. Tell me your translation, too. I got one over here. Okay, go ahead and read it. Faith expressing itself how? Okay, go ahead and read yours. What translation you got, Mikey? Same one or a different one? No, I've got the New King James. Read that. That's a good one. Read that. Yeah. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. By faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Okay, thank you. Faith works through love. It works by and through love. Get this. When Paul says that circumcision doesn't profit you, ladies, we know that already, right? 
Circumcision is of no value to you. That was a joke. I, you, you, okay. <laughs> My kids always tell me, don't tell jokes, Brad. Dad. <laughs> circumcision, circumcision is initiation into the law. Who knew that? Who knew that? Circumcision is initiation into the law. He said, it is of no value to you to be initiated into the law. What really matters is faith expressing itself through love. Isn't that beautiful? I got another hour of teaching, but because you're new here, I'm going to spare you, okay? <laughs> I'm going to spare you. And folks, here's the beauty. If it's from faith to faith, I should read that scripture. Find that for me, Lenten. Faith to faith. You know where it's at? Ah, uh, Mike. Oh, my. Of all days. Mike, find it and give it to Lenten. Faith to faith. Go from glory to glory, faith to faith. Okay? The way this thing works is faith to faith, glory to glory. We step into it by faith, and then we walk by faith. Does that mean you're not, you might stumble along the way? You might, but you're going to crawl, you're going to walk, you're going to grow. You keep believing. You keep believing. You keep believing. You keep believing. When? In the storm, in the jail, in the prison, when things are good, when things are bad. You keep believing what God's Word says, and that word will be an anchor to your soul. And when you believe, the fruit of the gospel will produce good things in your life. Never, ever get it. That's why, and it works by, uh, it's, it, it operates, faith operates, expresses itself in love. It's by God's grace. It's what he provided for you as a gift. You're never going to deserve it and earn it, but you can walk in it. You, it's going to take courage because you're going to have stuff blowing back on you in your life, temptations and trials. The purpose of those temptations and trials, according to the parable of the sower, is to knock you off the word, to get you to fold, get you to quit believing, to stop, to go, go live a life of, you know, sin, give up, fold. I'm going to put one more scripture, and I'll do my best to bring it to a close, okay? Is that okay? Is that good? Can I do that? I honestly could just teach and teach on, you know how many, Philippians 3, you could just go all over the place on this, uh, flip, turn over to Matthew chapter 7. Faith comes by, and hearing by, folks, you can trust God. You can believe God. And where I'm encouraging you to start today is in your righteousness by faith. If you've sinned, God's saying, I've removed all sins you've ever committed. If you've ever sinned, I've bear, it's gone. I've, I've dealt with it. Now believe it and walk in it. Step into my grace. Well, Lord, I, I don't feel like your feelings have nothing to do with it. Amen. Your feelings have nothing to do with it. Believe it. We're going to go a long way along this line of believing, and it's going to be in the Word of God, 
and I, I want to do everything in my power to get you to believe what God says. That's my desire. I want you to believe what God says, because a lot of people say a lot of things, but if you can learn to believe the Word of God, you're on a sure a foundation. Matthew 7. Jesus is talking about His sayings in the Sermon on the Mount, and He's specifically talking about them. It applies to the Word of God, period. But He's talking about living a spiritual life. The Sermon on the Mount is a spiritual life. Actually, the Sermon on the Mount is righteousness revealed, what it looks like when somebody lives in faith, expressing the love of God through faith. That's what it looks like. When you walk in agape love, it looks like the Sermon on the Mount. You forgive people, you love your enemies, you turn the other cheek, you give, you give to people without wanting return. That stuff is all given to you by the Spirit. You'll never, people try to do that in their flesh and fail and just get in condemnation. But the Spirit of God, this righteousness in, in the Sermon on the Mount, when you follow Jesus and you walk in faith, He'll build the fruit of it in your life. It'll express itself through love. Agape love is the revelation of Jesus. Agape love doesn't consider itself. It always considers the other person. Always. God first, and then you, and then me. Jeff, did you ever see that movie, I Am Third, with, about Gail Sayers? You ever see that? Great movie. You remember Gail Sayers? Anybody old enough? Football player for Chicago Bears. The Spirit of God... When we understand that we're given this gift of righteousness, He's working the nature of Jesus in us, which is agape love. Listen to this, and we'll close on this one. Verse um, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, by faith. I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it didn't fall because it was founded on a rock. Folks, when we believe the Word of God, when we believe it and put it into practice, it's a rock. And if you stand on that rock and you believe God, Everything he said about you will come to pass in your life. It's impossible that it wouldn't, if you believe. Because God's not a man that he should lie. What happens is we get taught all different types of things that aren't the word, or we give up and we base our relationship to God on our experience. Oh, I tried to be nice, and they were meaner to me. I tried to forgive, and they just put me down. We're trying. That's not how it works not how it works. We base our faith in the Word of God. Someone say amen. amen. All right. If you've never given your life to the Lord, salvation is a gift, and righteousness is a gift. If you're righteous today, it's because you received that gift from God. If you're not righteous today, it's because you have never received that gift from God. It's the truth, by faith. 
God made it so simple, no person has to go to hell, ever. Jesus made your salvation sure. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you this. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to receive the gift of righteousness before God and start to follow the Lord, putting your faith in the gospel, I want to see your hand. Say, Brother Brad, I want to give my life.